Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. Sean, today we're going to be discussing some uh, takeaways from a book that's been around, John Capel's. We've mentioned this on some previous episode, Tested Advertising Methods, and yep. um, some good stuff to go back to. And uh, I've highlighted a few things, but... Um, it's a great all-around book. Kind of one of those things you just go back to time and time again on positioning, product positioning, um, yep. copywriting. You've got your you copy. Are. Yeah. So the fifth edition, I think, is what's out now. Yep. Um, most people have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're in marketing, copywriting, sales, this is one of the books that just has to be on your bookshelf for sure. Oh, yeah, no this doubt. Is, this is a if you could only have five or 10 books in that marketing sales persuasion realm, I think this would be one of them for sure. That's right. So, so we'll jump into that. And then, um, we've got a couple other little things we've got, um, kind of behind closed doors. There's a, a Facebook group. It's not private, but it mm-hmm. is, you have to join it. Yeah. Um, but there's some really great stuff in there. So we're going to be sharing some insights that came from, come from there. We'll tell you how you can actually join the group if you want to. It's not our group, just a group that I like personally, um, that I think's worth being in. It's pretty high level stuff. This is not like basics. He gets into pretty high level stuff, but also a lot of nuance stuff that if you really like these kind of show, these shows, which obviously mm-hmm. you do, you keep coming back. So, yep. Um, so yeah. I think somebody's on the last show with that comment. Do we not erase that? <laughs> We don't have another cult show this week. Uh, yeah, must be must be old Double D again. <laughs> Sipping on his rum. We could, I mean, there's probably some cult things we'll, they could buy, would be used for a cult today, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we yeah. could, we could sell a book on cults. We could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, old Dutton over there drinking his Malibu rum. <laughs> Good old Malibu oh, rum. So here's, I saw this and then we'll get, we'll go ahead and start talking about our beverages, but, uh, I've been getting, for some reason, I must, I don't know, I must be turned into an alcoholic or something, but, um, <laughs> like Instagram is showing me all these like liquor recipes. Oh, wow. And one of the things they showed was taking tequila mm-hmm. and drinking it straight or taking a shot of tequila and using one of those, um, little wire things you use for your coffee, you know, the whisper type things or whatever it's called. The oh yeah. Yeah. Frother. That's yeah. the word. And you froth the, and apparently it makes the tequila more smooth because it gets the oxygen in there and stuff. Really? And it makes it a lot smoother. So, hmm. um, so that's a tip for David. If you want to try that with your Malibu rum, it's probably already pretty smooth. So I don't, I don't know that you need that. But, Oh man, I'll have to mid- I'll have to remember that with tequila because uh, tequila doesn't set well with me. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. That's that's like a you got to be in your twenties to really enjoy, <laughs> or not enjoy, survive tequila. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't enjoy tequila, you survive it. That's right. So yeah, because you always uh, buy the cheap stuff when you're in your twenties, and that stuff oh, yeah. will wreck havoc on your. <laughs> it'll it'll just wreck havoc on you for yeah the, the next day for sure. Yeah. All right. What do you have over on your end? All right. Let's see. I have a, uh, let me pull it up here. Um, kind of excited about this. Uh, let's see if I can show it. 
Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> Play the music. There we go. It is a honey Ooh. orange triple. Oh, sounds good. So that's a Belgian. Yeah, from uh, Belgian. What is it? Uh, New Belgium. New Belgium. Yeah. Uh, big I'm, sweet citrusy. Um, Belgian style triple. Uh, so this one, I don't know the I don't know the background behind it, but I've I, I tend to love these New Belgium beers. Um, this one's a reserve. I've never seen this one. Um, yeah. It is a. Um, it's brewed with wild. African honey and fresh ground uh, Seville orange pill. I have no idea what that is, um, but there's a little background story. It's uh, crafted with the best, the best ingredients, of course. Yes. Um, but straight out of uh, you know this African bronze honey company, uh, okay. they partnered with them, so. You know, 10% ABV, so it's going to have some, uh, you know, a little bit of sweetness, yeah. uh, 10% ABV, 25 IBU. So I'm expecting this to be right on par with something that I really like. Um, yeah. Nice little balance. Yeah, I mean, yeah that, looks, that looks really good. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll be curious to hear what that, what that tastes like. Yes. On the other side of your sip. All right, well, I've got, so I was looking at the old Heb, and uh, looking at the singles rack, um, not those kind of singles, single <laughs> beers. Um, and the words melted mm-hmm. jumped off the shelf at me. Yeah. Because it's been 105 here for the last whatever. Yep. So this is melted cookie dough. Melted cookie golden dough. golden ale, and it's called melted cookie dough. And it's another one from Martin House Brewing, which it seems like that's all I've had lately. Um alcohol. It is basically supposed to taste like melted cookie dough. So melted cookie dough. Yeah. So here's the golden ale color. It's a a dark, not dark ale, but it's a, you know, it's definitely more of an ale and not definitely not a lager. Right. You got yours poured? I do. And I'm, I'm curious right now because I'm looking at StreamYard and it shows that I'm like outside of the, do you see me in the, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're in there. So it's showing me when I look at the screen now. It's showing me outside of, <laughs> like I have to log in. Let me let me see here. Okay. Uh, there I am. You're there. You're gonna be there twice now. Yeah. yeah so, so that's, that's weird. weird. So, so I, need I need to, to remove, remove one of one of mine. Here, here, here. I can remove one. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please do. do. All right. Don't touch anything. Let me excuse the technical difficulties. <laughs> We have two Jonathans, which we do not want. What's, What's weird, weird is because I'm, I'm only on, on one, one computer. computer. Yeah. You know, two, two. yeah, it's not letting me get rid of the the other version of you. So <laughs> I see you in the picture, so you're fine. There we go. But now I'm not in there. So do you see me? Hold on. There you go. All right. I'm going right. to mute, mute that one. So this one's live. The one on the far right of the okay, okay. is the one I'm looking at. All right, give me a second. second. I gotta log log back back out. out. This This is gonna gonna drive drive me nuts. nuts. Nothing worse than an echo. All right, while we're waiting on Jonathan to come back in, Christopher O'Hearn is in the house. I see you there, Jonathan. Okay, there we go. So I see what happened. I have two. I had um, two Google browsers, and I was I didn't realize I was open on two of them. 
So oh, it's weird. I'm surprised it lets you do that. Yeah, I, I am too. I didn't realize that. Um, but yeah, so. All right, cool. cool. Um, so we I'm ready David to go. And, we got David and Christopher in the house today. Sweet. Yeah, so cheers. Sorry. Cheers. Let you hang in there. Drinking mm. cookie dough. Cookie dough. And some uh, honey orange triple. Man, this is good. <clears throat> and mine is it's, it's mu- like I smell it a lot more than I taste it like it, I was expecting a really strong because of how strong the smell is it's like got a very sweet smell um, I don't get like I definitely get some cookie dough mm-hmm. But I, I guess that's right because it's just plain cookie dough. It's not chocolate chip cookie dough. It's just cookie dough. Yeah. I think in my head I was thinking chocolate chip. So it's got a little bit of um, like a cream to it as well. So it's almost like a like a cream ale mm-hmm. flavor to it. Yeah. But it's pretty good. Like it's not what I was expecting, but it's good. But it is a little. It's a little rich. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want. Even though it's only six point five percent, you wouldn't want a two or three of these in a row. You'd pretty probably be pretty sick to your stomach it'd just be too like yeah it'd just be too much so but overall just you know for a for a podcast episode good beer sip on while we're talking mm-hmm. on the shop so how about yours would you give it haven't yet we'll talk about oh, yours okay. first. all right all right so i'm gonna give this one uh, this one was not quite what i expected it's very good <clears throat> but i was expecting a more a uh, little more sweetness uh, you definitely take taste the citrusy, which I, I like. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to give this one a. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid four three, four okay. three. Yeah, I'll go with the four point oh on mine. Four point oh. Okay. Good. Good. Be good. Great at a party. You mm-hmm. know, just something different. Probably not something. I wouldn't buy a six pack of it or four pack. Yeah. Whatever they. You know these expensive beers that are coming to four pack. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. It'll break so, yeah, it. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's jump into one of the greatest copywriting advertise. I guess it's more of an advertising book. I mean, it is called Tested Advertising Methods. It's not Tested Copywriting Methods. Yeah. So, um, I think this is one of the greatest. If you, if you don't have this book, you should have it on your bookshelf. If you do any kind yeah. of, uh, if you could do any kind of copywriting, even email, I would say email marketing, yeah. um, you know, uh, Facebook advertising or, you know, any type, any stuff like this, you need to, you definitely need to have this on your shelf because it's really yep. good. Yep. And so I mentioned the, what's that? We were talking before the show and like, we could take months to go through this book. Like we really broke it down. Like it's just, it's, it's very thick as far as it's dense with information. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's really not many stories. It's just like, bam, bam, yeah. bam, just, you know, technique and tactic after, yep. after it, you know, just one after another yep. and examples and lists and all that kind of stuff. So we're not going to go through this. We're just going to pick and choose. Yep. Um, so yeah, what, where, where do you want to jump in, Jonathan? So I'm going to pull up a couple of things because I actually, um, 
I printed, uh, or I took a picture of a couple of, um, screenshots for, uh, sections that I wanted to share. Look at you getting all fancy with the screenshots and yeah, making this a fully interactive experience <laughs> for our people watching on the videos. All right. So I'm going to share this pictures that sell. We'll start with that one because I found that interesting. Um, what gains, uh, what gets attention? So if you're doing Facebook ads or, uh, you know, any kind of display ads, um, so this is, you know, it's referencing, you know, print advertising, but this is, it, this works the same and, um, you know, digital yeah. advertising when you're running Facebook well, I mean, ads, you know, mo half of your Facebook ads or most people do Facebook ads mm -hmm. as still images, right? Yep. I mean, you can do video, but actually, um, Ben was telling me he thinks, um, uh, still pictures are actually still working better on, oh, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. So. All right, so here's a section where he talks about uh, pictures that get the most attention, hundreds of readership surveys, and these are conducted by a lot of, you know, feedback. Um, yeah. And I don't think, you know, I think a lot of this stuff is timeless. It doesn't change um, yeah. because if you see some common, you know, some similarities today. When was this? When was, do you know when this book was? I don't even know when this book was published. Oh, and this edition was like in the... Um, let's see. The original edition was this fifth edition was 1997. I don't know what the original mm -hmm. was because a lot of these samples are from the fifties and sixties yeah. and even before. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know when the original was published. Okay. You keep talking and I will go find out. So I'm going to go through, so we go through this list of some things and I want you to think in your head, like if, when you're scrolling through, you know, Facebook or when you're scrolling through, you know, whatever your platform is, the things that really strike you or make you kind of stop. Um, 1932. Man. I mean, it stood the test of time. <laughs> So. Very much. I mean, because you can you can talk about. I mean, look at some of these. So yeah, let's just. I mean, look at this. Like this was his list that he wrote in 1932. Yeah. Right. How many of these would we say are still true today? Right. So Mo almost all list, of them. Yeah. Pictures of brides. I would say for mo for several markets, I think pictures of brides would absolutely still get attention. Yes. Pictures of babies, no question. Right. Mm -hmm. um, who was that we had on? Um, he he said. Babies and puppies. That was the, That's the answer right. to successful mm -hmm. advertising. Yep. Uh, which leads us to the next one: animals, pictures of animals, cats, uh, kittens, cats, puppies, puppies. Yeah. Yes. I mean anything these days. I mean half of my, you know, half of what you see on Instagram, depending on, you know, what you look at, is animals. Right. It seems like. Right. Um, I mean, cat videos pretty much launched the internet. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, pictures of famous people. You see this a lot on. Like yes. Instagram channels, mm -hmm. Instagram uh, or YouTube channels. But you also see it in ads. You see it all the time on on TV commercials. Still, right? right. <clears throat> you know what they're they're trying to sell. They're going to pick somebody from that generation. Yes. You know you're getting old when your agent calls <laughs> and is like, "Hey, can you do a diabetes commercial?" Or, "Hey, can you do this, yeah these Skechers shoes commercials?" <laughs> right. They're trying to skew down with Skechers, but they ain't fooling nobody. No, no not at all. I, I am not never buying Skechers. <laughs> that would be just like giving up. I don't know. Ten years from now, Sean, we'll see. 
Tony Romo. He, look, look, if you want to sign me, to, I will wear them if you pay me to wear them. You know, he got paid a lot of money for that one. Yeah. For the sketchers. Yeah. I'm sure his wife laughs at him every day. Yep. And every time the commercial comes on. So famous <laughs> people, definitely. Um, pictures of people in odd costumes, mm-hmm. such as might be worn at a masquerade. Yeah. I can see how that would get attention for sure. Yeah. Um, Pattern interruption. Yeah. People for sure. in odd situations, such mm-hmm. as a man wearing an eye patch. Mm-hmm. The man in the Hathaway shirt comes to mind. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a classic. And then pictures that tell a story such as a little girl trying on her mother's hat. Mm-hmm. And then romantic pictures such as a man carrying a girl across a, a, a rushing, rushing brook. brook. Also known as a crick. Yeah. <laughs> or a stream. <laughs> you know, in today's climate, it might be a man carrying a man. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Woman carrying a man. <laughs> Beefy women out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so to follow up on that, here's some other things, because this is like the second part. Oop, I want to sell um, a, a catastrophe pictures, such as car accidents. I mean, mm-hmm. how often do we, I mean, that's true in everyday life that we can't stop, but we're just captivated by wrecks and, you know, accidents. Like yesterday, I mean, as we're recording this yesterday, or the day before the Maui fires. Oh yeah. Yeah. People are and just, that just went everywhere. Yep, you know, exactly. all over the internet. It was just so yep. dramatic. And so, you know, it was, it was tough to watch. Like yeah. I did, my wife sent me one, I watched part of it. And I was like, I just, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. So, it's, it's tough to see. Yep. Yeah. So, but it, it got attention and immediately went viral. Right. Cause yep. people, it's, mm-hmm. it's that and so every time what happens, it, I, I mean, you guys in Knoxville had a pretty bad storm the last, this oh, morning. absolutely. We had some and people tornadoes their pictures, and like, mm-hmm. we all love to see destruction apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, so yeah. it's, we're drawn to it. It's, uh, you know, the old saying, what is it in the uh, news business? If it bleeds, it leads. So that's, yeah. people so, are just drawn so to back, that. So at the top of that heading, what was it called? Pictures that get attention. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference? Cause I see the next heading. Yeah. I'm not sure. What page are you on? Hmm? What page is that on? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it's on page. Two Oh four. Okay. Two Oh four. Um, cause I see the next section is pictures that sell. So right. what is the difference between pictures that get attention and pictures that sell? Well, here's the thing. So it talks about like how some, uh, you know, some advertisers and and people are guilty of that have, uh, it's using the wrong image for the wrong readership. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, he talks about it in the example of using a, um, which I thought was interesting, like, using a woman, you know, using a picture of a woman to, uh, for a, you know, for a, a, an advertisement for, if you're marketing to men, you're thinking, oh yeah, that's a good idea to throw a, a very seductive <laughs> picture. You know, people, you know, you see that a lot, but yeah. actually it, it really works against you because it doesn't, it takes away from the effect, the selling effect. Yeah. It may garner eyeballs, but people don't look at, people don't tie that to the product that you're selling. So you can, 
So you're getting the attention, right. but you're not getting the conversion because it was just the attention. Exactly. You know, it's, exactly. It, so you, so you, there's almost like a, there's a letdown right. because they see the picture, but the ad is not about what the picture is about. Now, exactly. if you could use the woman and you could tie that mm-hmm. to your product, right. which you could do in a lot of cases. Sure. Um, and, and yeah, that it works, works yeah. both ways. Like the old hot rod magazines, you know, that, uh, on the bookshelf, you know, they used to have the woman with the car, <laughs> you know, uh, it's kind of putting them together. Right. Um, right. Cause you're playing into the belief that a lot of guys <laughs> have that oh, if right. I have a cool car. Right. I can get the, get the girl. Right. That's right. Exactly. You know, it goes back to, mm-hmm. you know, fifties and sixties and James Dean and then Greece and, you know, a lot of those uh, even further back than that. That's right. Twenties and twenties and thirties. Exactly. Know, um, so yeah, so that's, there so, are ways to tie it to that. If you're selling, you know, certain supplements, for instance, that might be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just knowing yeah. your market, you know, tying yeah. those images. Cause I mean, y- you really have to know it's, it's matched to market knowing who you're, who you're selling to. Like you, we were saying earlier, like he talks about the, the, uh, the wedding, the bridal pictures, mm-hmm. you know, women gravitate towards those. I mean, even in, in today's climate people you know women love i mean they're attracted to those images they see them on facebook but you have to match them with the right you know your product has to be related and somehow so if you're not you're you're you know it's not going to sell the product i mean it, it may capture the eyeballs but it's not congruent you know with yeah, the product so that you're trying to sell so let's just go ahead and hit the six you know pictures that sell um, mm-hmm. I know you may not have a picture of it, but, oh yeah. so number one is picture of the product. For example, mm-hmm. in an automobile, show mm-hmm. a picture of the automobile. Yep. Pretty basic, straightforward. Yep. Uh, of course, it's got to be on a windy road with rustling leaves <laughs> or it doesn't count. Of course. Or <clears throat> somewhere off road. If it's yeah. an off road vehicle that never goes off road, a uh, picture of product in use. For example, a woman using a new garden tool she just bought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, be careful there. Depend on your audience too. You don't want to be seen as sexist. Exactly. Easily, right. right. I mean, like, you know, and of course, you know, you can't, as we've talked about, you need to know your audience. Are they, are they politically correct or is actual political correctness going to actually hurt your, right. your ad? Right. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you got to decide who gets to push the vacuum cleaner in my vacuum cleaner ad. <laughs> like that's a dicey thing these days. Like, I don't know who would, right. Like, what would you do? I mean, regardless of what your market is, like you'd have to be careful with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that maybe have a couple dancing in the, the vacuum is like with them or something. I don't know. Um, picture or of reward of using the product. For example, a woman admiring a cake she baked or eating a pudding she prepared or wearing mm-hmm. the better coat she'd always wanted. Yep. Um, picture of attainment of ambition. For example, a boy receiving a diploma. Another example, a correspondence school ad showing a smiling man handing his wife some money. Um, again, these are the, some of these are dated because of when this book was written, right? Uh, cause like the headline that he suggests for that was like, here's an extra 50 grace. Um, I'm making real money now. <laughs> It sounds so cheesy, but yeah. like you could, you could modernize that a little bit. Sure. Um, for yeah. sure. 
Um, picture of an enlarged detail, for example, a magnifying glass showing an enlargement of a new kind of pinpoint, right? So something you're pointing out something unique in the mm-hmm. ad. Yep. And then dramatic pictures, um, for example, an ad for a memory course showed a picture of a blindfolded man. The headline was a startling memory feat you can do. Right. So, yep. so yeah, it needs to be like some of this is fairly common sense, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, also some of this, sometimes when you break the rules is when you get the breakthrough. Yeah, so exactly. these are good places to start, but then you should have a, you know, a tested option. Mm-hmm that is totally different or try something different. Right. You know, so if you were selling the vacuum cleaner, try both the one with a man pushing it and a woman pushing it. Yeah. And just see which one does best to different markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- you know, in this day and age, I think, I almost think, you know, you might get more attention initially from a guy pushing it. <laughs> right. I mean, mm-hmm. cause it's just not congruent. I mean, you know, people look at it, it's kind of pattern interruption you know, a guy pushing a vacuum cleaner. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's interesting to, I mean, even as far back as this goes to understand that you, as much as, I mean, your, your image is important, but it has to, it has to be congruent with your message. So you take these, you know, you take these, obviously these pictures that are attractive, but you, I think the key is finding ways to tie them into your product, your service, um, so that it matches and not just be a way to capture eyeballs, you know, just kind of always think about when I look at this, when I read stuff like this, it it always reminds me of the old, um, beer ads, which I love, but like, you know, they had the, the women, you know, they use women and, you know, it's kind of like, the, you know, those old school Budweiser ads, like mm-hmm. for the old school, excuse me, the old school go, go daddy ads. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The go they got the, the eyeballs, but yeah. <laughs> how effective were they at really? I mean, yeah. they're still around, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they certainly don't use that tactic anymore, but no, but you know, at the dawning of the internet, when, when those go daddy ads were running, right it really was about like trying to get attention in consumers' mm-hmm. minds. So I, I do think that mm-hmm. there was some, <clears throat> there was some smartness about it. Yeah. But now they've gone, you know, a completely different way. You never see, you don't see any of that anymore. Right. You know, with, with GoDaddy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were, those were, I mean, they, they were the Super Bowl ad for about three or four years, you know, yeah. they were the, everybody was wondering what they were going to do because they were always controversial. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, those were good. Um, yeah, what else did you have in the book? The uh, I, and we talked about this before the show, Sean. But I got to mention, like, for anybody out there that's listening, um, so I'm going through the the show Mad Men, which is actually pretty interesting because uh, there's always some lessons uh, from this. But you know, they in the show because I'm going through. I have never watched this series before in my life, and we're actually going through the uh, the first season of it. And, uh, it's kind of interesting because it's, you know, Don Draper is based off of a real, you know, it's a fictional character, but it's based off of, um, you know, David a real, Ogilvy, right? yeah, David Ogilvy, pretty much David Ogilvy. Yeah. Sure I think that's a collection of characters, but I think that's mo- most people would agree. That's, that's who he yeah. represents, but, yeah. um, but it's interesting in the show, you know, cause they act, they're actually using real ads, uh, that were, 
you know, real, you know, like the, the ad for the uh, VW, the uh, Volkswagen Beetle back in the day. And I find it interesting because they're, they're actually talking about the, uh, one of the ads, the lemon, you know, advertising the, um, the space ad that they had back in the day that said lemon, not the think small ad, but the one after that, that said <laughs> lemon, which is actually counter. You think about that. It's almost counterintuitive mm-hmm. to put the word lemon next to your car. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, if you look at this ad, I'd pulled it up on the screen. Like, yeah. There's no other like text around it to explain exactly what's going on, you know? Um, but, I mean, I think it's below this a little bit is where it's, or it's on the next page or something like that. But uh-huh. like, here's some of the copy from it. This Volkswagen missed the boat. The chrome strip on the glove compartment is blemished and must be replaced. Right. right. Chances are you wouldn't have noticed, but Inspector Kurt Kalana did. So... That's a great thing. It's like, yeah. this looks fine, but the fact right. is we didn't like it. So we sent it, you know, we sent it back yeah. is, was the idea behind that. But exactly. you're right. Like the idea of like, why would somebody intentionally call their car a lemon? Mm-hmm. And for our youngsters in the crowd, that, that just means <laughs> it's a bad car. It's a bad, lemon. yeah. I don't know, you I don't, don't want to be like, associated with a lemon. Yeah. I don't know if that's well known. <laughs> I don't know what age bracket that drops off at as far as knowing that, that term. But it's funny in the show, they're like, they're, they're talking about how bad the ad is and the character, you know, Don Draper, uh, you know, says during the discussion, uh, here's the thing. We've been talking about this for the last 10 minutes though. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that was in the episode. Was it a competitor's ad? Yeah. Well, they were just discuss. They were actually, just talking about, cause they didn't run the ad. They, you know, their agency didn't do the ad, but they were just talking right. about this. Cause he picked it up on a, uh, you know, on a train, right. He was looking at it and then they were associating, associating this with other ads that they were working on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the discussion, they were just saying, this is so bad. I mean, these guys, you know, what are they trying to do? You know, look. Yeah. and then Don Draper says, you know what, we've been talking about this for the last 10 minutes. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must so be working. Not, not only did I see it on the train, I noticed it. I brought it into the office. Right. I decided we'd just talk about it. We've been talking about it for 10 minutes. That's, that's right. It's a pretty good, you know, it, that, that's a good standout type ad for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Did you have some, anything else in there? Yeah. The other thing from the cables, but I thought I actually sent this. So let me uh, send it over so I can screen so I can show it on my screen. Um, the other thing is, is how to describe a booklet attractively. Okay. Mm. Uh, I love this. Um, because you don't see this in many booklets or like, you know, free book offerings today. I rarely see this. So this is on page 247, Sean, if you want to check that out while I'm sending this over so I can show it to our listeners. So we could substitute while you're doing that. We could substitute the word booklet for ebook. Yeah. White paper. Mm-hmm. Free report. Easily. Um, yeah. So, so just to set this up, um, he says in testing ads for an investment service, it was found that the line "send for a free booklet" did not did not pull sufficient replies right 
By including the following attractive description of the booklet, the number of requests was increased by by more than 500%. That's a lot of percents. Yeah. So big time. What did, so do you have that ready? You want to pull it yeah. up? Yeah. Let me uh, stop screen. So present. what did they do? So here's the, there it is. Uh, how to describe a book booklet attractively. So this really caught my attention because I don't see any, <clears throat> any free guides or booklets or eBooks or any, any reports Mm -hmm. uh, being advertised like this today. And this goes back, like you said, I mean, this book is dated back to the, you know, 1930s. So, yeah. uh, so as you mentioned, this, uh, increased the request more than 500%. So I love this. What is the, what does it say? Um, where, this is, where can I find? So obviously this is about, this is an investment book. So I love, uh, let me just kind of break this down from my view as a copywriter. Yeah. Um, so right up front, they use the power of three mm -hmm. and they write and they use the power of curiosity and, and kind of embedded suggestion Yes. by asking three questions right up front. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're the human brain <laughs> is trained to answer questions. Right. So they answer, they ask three questions right up front. Where can I find out about investments that pay dividends? What do they pay? Where can I get facts? Bingo. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Where can I find that out? That is exactly investment? what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is now anyway, right? Because I, I read the word. Right. And then immediately they, they give the answer. An 18-page booklet has been prepared to answer such questions. Mm. This free booklet gives you facts in simple language. There's so much to un unpack in this because, yeah. all right, the next, you know, first of all, you go with the, <clears throat> like the power of three with the three questions. Yep. And then you offer simplicity. 18-page booklet yep. uh, has been prepared. Um, so that means... <laughs> that, you know, paints the picture of there's been a lot, there's been work that's been put into this to yeah, get this ready. Specific, and this right. So it sounds very credible because it's sure. specific. Even right. though it's only 18 pages, mm -hmm. that's specific. Yep. Where if they just said free booklet with no page count. Right. You know, is it three pages? Is it a hundred pages? Like, exactly. I yeah. And I like that they said simple language gives you facts in yes. simple language. Yes. The last question was facts. So mm -hmm. that's, that's referring back to the previous paragraph, which is really in copy. Anytime you can pull a word from the pe previous sentence or paragraph forward yeah. into the one you're at, it creates this continuity as right. you read. Yep. You can't always do it or else it starts to show up. But from time to time, you want to carry a word forward mm -hmm. to keep them going. Yep. So then in paragraph three, this would make a great Facebook ad, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Incredible. It tells you what you own uh, when you own stock. It tells you what dividends are and how often you may expect to receive them. So obviously this is for a beginner investor. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, and I think one, one step further they could go is by, you know, adding, you know, it tells you, uh, you know, it tells you what you own when you own stock. Um, it tells you what dividends are, you could actually put like in parentheses, you know, page number, like what page that's oh, yeah. on yeah. would be even 
more powerful. And we've learned that, you know, from Bob Bly, who's been on our show in the past, yep. you know, just, you know, putting those page numbers where they can find that immediately uh, gives it even more power. Exactly. And then you got this uh, in your book, you've got this paragraph highlighted. Yes. So did you know there's a way to reduce investment risk? Mm -hmm. So another question to kind of pull them back in. Mm -hmm. That's in this booklet too. Yeah. Right. So now they're like, okay, maybe I'll, I want to think about dividends, but Ooh, is that yeah. risky investing in stocks? You know, so maybe the unspoken objection at this point based on their research yeah. is people are a little nervous about the risk, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially if this is, let's say this was written, you know, I know this book was written in thirties, there's been multiple editions of it, mm -hmm. but we can assume this is pretty soon after yeah. the stock market crash of 1929. Yep, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, or probably sometime around it. So there's probably still a lot of fear around the stock market. Right. You know, because it takes people a good 10 years to get back into a market after a big, you know, big crash like that. Right. So did you know there's a way to reduce investment risk? That's in this booklet too. Plus a list of companies who have stocks have paid a cash dividend every year for 20 to 103 years. Mm -hmm. Another specific there. Yep. The booklet includes some stocks that sell for less than $20 a share. Right. So that's, that's for the people. And remember back in this day, um, like there were no mutual funds. Like you had to buy a block of shares. Right. Yep. So, you you know, you couldn't buy, and, and those I think were in blocks of a hundred. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it was a hundred dollars a share, that's $10,000 for a hundred, you know, a block of shares. Yeah. So $20 makes it a little bit more you know, realistic because it's right. two grand to buy a block. Sure. Um, if you're interested in extra income, send for this booklet, whether you have 200 or 5,000 to invest, write for your free copy today. Booklet will be sent by mail. No obligation. No obligation. No risk. No, no risk. No obligation. Um, and I like how they ended it with, I mean, they said write for your free copy. Um, booklet will be sent by mail. But they didn't call it a free booklet again. They did at the beginning, but not. Right. Not at the end. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> and. I just love that, that how it finishes out. No obligation. Like yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. Point blank. No obligation. That's it. Yeah. You know, you're under no obligation. You know, here it is risk-free. Right. And, what are uh, people worried about when they sign up for something? Somebody's right. going to try to sell them something, right? Yeah. So. Um, I don't know, you know, I think people are a little more savvy today than they were back then. Mm -hmm. They know that they're still going to get contacted. Um, even like maybe back in the day, no obligation felt like nobody would even bother you. But right. today we know that just means, well, they're still going to call you and yeah. write you and everything else. Uh, but you don't have to do anything to get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I made note of this because this would work incredibly well in my end. I, I mean, it, it would work well in a lot of industries, but this would work incredibly well in the fact seeker industry, which is in my industry, which is a lot of researchers and engineers. Right. This would be great for white papers. Absolutely. You, right. You say, you say white paper instead of booklet. Yeah. And I think it would do really well. And, and it's not like, you know, it's, it's a couple quick paragraphs, you know, you could maybe throw some bullets in there and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't give, give away too much, mm -hmm. 
but it does give create some curiosity. And yeah. if you're in the market, um, probably gonna obviously there's 500 percent increase in response for as opposed to just saying yeah. it's in for a free free booklet, right? Um, yeah. I love that, that paragraph that I've highlighted. I call it the, uh, it's the Steve jobs. Uh, Oh, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. So I would probably change that a little bit, Sean, to say, Oh, by the way, did you know, (laughs) you know, there is also a way to reduce, uh, or to reduce, uh, investment risk in this book. So when I worked at Agora, um, we called that ratcheting up, yeah. right? You know, yep. the ratchet wrench, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, so we'd be talking for pages yeah. about whatever the main report that you could get was, right? right? So maybe it's, you know, how to buy how to buy silver or something like that. Well, then what we do is once they were pretty sold on that, you know, we felt like, okay, we did a good job selling that. They're going to want it. Mm-hmm. They, all they need to do is subscribe to the newsletter. And then we have a whole section the, of the news of the sales letter there was this kind of stuff where it's like, right. oh, and by the way, right? Oh yeah. Did you also know did that you, you can also, do this? Yeah. And you can do this, and we'll tell you about this, and we'll tell you about this, and we're going to be covering this. Mm-hmm. And like all of a sudden, it's like, oh wow, yep. like you were sold, and now <laughs> you you tighten the 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 ratchet down, yeah, big time to the point where like, oh, I gotta have this. Like, yeah, I wanted the other thing, but man, if it's got all this other stuff too, it's a no brainer. Yep. You know, yeah. So that's a. It's a great little, I mean, it's basically bonuses, right? You know, a lot of, a lot of times now people call it bonuses, right? Your bonus stack. Mm-hmm. That's really what that is right there. Yep. But they're not selling it as a bonus. They're just kind of. It's just making like you better. feel even dumber for not taking yeah. advantage, you know, for the I opportunity like because it's like no obligation. Obviously, you know, it's a free booklet. So. Yeah. And it's like just, I said, I like this better than bonus because bonus mm-hmm. feels a little more salesy. This is like, oh, by the way, just, yeah. you know. You're also yeah. going to find these things in the book. Exactly. So yep. it's very like nonchalant, mm-hmm. kind of casual. Right. As opposed to like, you yep. know, and there's more. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This feels like it's not, it doesn't have the feeling of selling, even though right. it's, it's, it's a very powerful sales method. Uh, but it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like you're getting sold something. Yeah, so I was flipping through. I want to go into another section, if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is page 111. Okay. Uh, and I remember this this little hack, and I'd forgotten about it until I started flipping through the through the book. Okay. Um, and I've been told before, like, you know, Reader's Digest, back in the day when everybody got Reader's Digest. I mean, you know, it used to be every house had Reader's Digest. Oh, of course. Thing was everywhere. Yep. Um, and they had great stories in there. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, they'd suck you in like right away. Yep. So there's a section in this book that pulls out some of the best opening lines, opening sentences from Reader's Digest. And I think if you look at these and you pull these apart, you can see how you might be able to use those in advertising. But I got to tell you, the one that just really jumped out at me, and I'm going to figure out how to work into some stuff that I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. This this line as an opening line to a, a sales letter or you know a section on a website. Right. There are certain days when we feel our lives change profoundly. Mm. Days we remember for a lifetime. And I could see you say something like, 
Oh if yeah. You're reading this letter. Today's your day. Yep. Um, you know, something like that. Cause you know, you've, we've all seen the letters where it's like, this may be the most important re- letter you read all year. Yeah. Right. That's a classic Halbert mm-hmm. line. Yep. I think this is a little, a little smoother mm-hmm. than that. Yeah. I um, think so too. It's be like, cause everybody can kind of remember one of those days, Yep. you know, so now you're getting them to nod their head. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh yeah. I've been there. <clears throat> right. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, and then you segue that into something about this letter or whatever, you know, this ad is, I mm-hmm. think this could be really powerful. Um, but yeah, these, they tell like a, basically the way all these work, these Reader's Digest first stories is they capture attention. They, they make you want to continue the story. Mm-hmm. Like they all open up sort of in the middle of the action. Yeah. Um, which is a old, it's, it's why so many action movies start with car chases because they start in the middle of the action, mm-hmm. right? And then they flash back to three days earlier sure. or, or whatever. So here's another one. Um, 19-year-old Lori Ann Alker was battling her estranged husband, Robert, over custody of their child. Mm. So you're starting right in the middle of the action. Right. So you could do something like, and that... You know, if you could figure out like a story or a testimonial from your customers, like what were they in the middle of battling when they found your product yeah. and your product helped? Yep. And you could start there with a story-based ad. That would be really strong. Um, oh, that's good. I love that. Here's another one. Ty Minton's hands were so weak, he couldn't even lift a glass of milk to his lips. I mean, there's a, you know, you could sell 56 yeah. supplements off off of that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and there's all kinds of these. These so that's that whole section. There's like 25 of them. I'm not going to go into all of them here, um, but just really taking the time to craft that opening sentence can be really, really powerful. Yeah. Oh, these are these are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> these are really good. Yeah, they're like instant hook without being hypey. That's the key. It's not, you know, it's like genuinely interesting. Like I want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's shift gears for the last few minutes of the show, um, to another resource. Yes. That I sent you. I'll pull that up. So I'm in a group in the old Facebooks called nothing held back. I'll throw it up on the screen here. So if you're on Facebook, if you search for the, uh, in the search bar, nothing held back. It's incredible. This is it's really good. Uh, it says we are a community of entrepreneurs dedicated to helping you show the growth scale and reach new heights through innovation. And I'd say there's some, there's better information in this group for free yeah. than what most people um, that you'll find in most mastermind groups that you might pay 25,000 right. for. Like there's yeah. some in-depth stuff. Well, one person in the group, um, the guy that runs the group, his name, Alan Sultanic. Uh, he does, he's a super high level copywriter, um, does some amazing stuff, lots of stuff in supplements and things like that, I believe. Um, but somebody took, he'll post like twice a week in this group, just like long posts, like 500,000, 1500 words, just really breaking down what he's learning, what he's learned from campaigns and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he just shares it freely, kind of what's going on and, right. and, 
Um, so somebody took and kind of just made it a little easier to read um, in this community summary. So I sent this over to Jonathan last week and Love earlier it. this week. And I'm curious, like what jumped out at you in these? And there's like, I mean, there's just dozens and dozens and dozens of these posts in here. Um, but I want, I'm curious, like, I thought this, I'll, I'll start first, but this second one in, and I remember reading this when it was in the group, uh, not too long ago, yep. um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, they're talking about doing like launch sequences with your emails. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that the best way to do it is to actually do morning and evening emails than just a single email. Right. Which would scare the crap out of a lot of people. <laughs> Because uh, they don't, they're, they're like, oh my God, one sure. email a day is too much. Right. Um, but during a launch or during a main, you know, a main sequence, two a day might be better. But what was interesting, he was like, your morning emails should be educational and inspirational, um, teaching how to when people are fresh and absorbing info. Right. Evening emails should be motivational, getting people excited to take action. Um, the next day when energy is lower. So mm. I thought that was an interesting just yeah. idea is, you know, give them a little bit heavier content in the morning and a little bit lighter, more motivational content in the evening on your two a day email sequences. And so why that is that? Cool. I, 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 I can understand it from, from my personal standpoint is because, you know, at the end of the day, you're, your energy is lower, right? Yeah. And he says that right here. He says, uh, morning minds absorb new info. Evening minds need motivation, right? Because yeah. your willpower is gone at the end of the day. Absolutely. You've so battled, you, need- you, <laughs> you go, you've gone through so many battles throughout the day and, uh, you know, you need some motivation at the end of the day. Cause you've been, yep. you've been run down a little bit, you know? Yep, exactly. So the, the idea here is to, you know, look at some of your sequences that are program sequences and mm-hmm. could you go to two a day? And if so, make sure you split them up uh, with more how-to information in the morning, more motivational information in the afternoon or yeah, evening. For sure. Um, yeah, so which one stuck out to you? So I'm looking for the one on, and it's a great reminder on, okay, uh, the basis of selling high ticket anything, which is good. Um I don't know if you have that one up, but I can pull it. Let's see. I can share yeah, right that here. one. Here okay, is. there you go. Yeah. So um, this is a good reminder. Anytime you're selling high ticket courses, uh, coaching, you know, high ticket, anything, um, you know, when selling high ticket items over $5,000, it, it's not about what the customer gets, but who they become. So I think that marketers or people that are in, you know, whether it's consulting, coaching, I think they neglect this. It's easy for, I think it's easy for somebody that's that's obviously selling a high end product, you know, a tangible product, because you can, you know, you can talk about this, but, you know, sometimes I think that marketers that are in or coaches or consultants that aren't selling their true value can fall into this category. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. And I know there's, there's even a saying in, especially the info product world that as you move up, you're selling access to the guru. Right. As you stair step up. Right. Yeah. And there is some truth to that. Right. 
But why do people want the access to the guru? Because they believe that if they can get close to the guru, it's going to change who they are as a person. So there's your cult, you are, Mr. David Dutton. There's your cult yeah. right there. Yeah. So <laughs> we you got you your are, cult reference. <laughs> so you are trying to get them to identify with, you know, being a new person because right. they're around these people or, because, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he makes a great point down here. Luxury <clears throat> brands sell on identity, not functional mm-hmm. benefits, right? right? There's nothing functional about a Ferrari. Right. But it's absolutely an identity piece. Yep. If you have a Ferrari. My neighbor across the street is a car guy. Like mm-hmm. in his two-car garage, he's got three cars because he installed a lift in his garage so that he can mm-hmm. park two cars in there. Right. He's got two Porsches and like a, a 60 something Corvette convertible yeah. that he just bought. And then there's a driveway full of, you know, just the regular drivers. Right. Um, so, you know, he is a car guy like that's and obviously, you know, sports cars. He likes old sports cars. Um, so he, he's going to pull up, you know, he's going to grab those kind of things when he sees them. Yep. Um, so copy, if you're selling high ticket, then the copy should focus on the aspirational identity change, not just the features of the program. Right. And, and I would even say like, um, you know, it's, it's easy to say, well, you'll get this outcome, you know, like, let's say you're selling a $5,000 coaching program. Mm -hmm. You'll, you know, maybe there's a, a more tangible outcome, but really it's about who do they, who they become as a person because of that outcome. Right. Right. So it's the, the outcome is just one step on the way to a new identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen like, I'll, I'll give you an example in podcasting where there, I mean, used to be, there was so many people in podcasting that were talking to, you know, podcasters who were doing podcast training for, you know, want to be podcasters who would sell yep. them, you know, on like, you know, all of the, you know, all of the, you know, the baseline things that they could achieve, you know, here's revenue that you could create. Well, yep. you know, they, sh- what they should have been doing, you know, in creating a higher ticket product was being, being able to sell them on something that was much bigger than, uh, you know, just the, you know, just the ad revenue that you create and all this stuff, but be basically creating yourself, you know, building a, you know, building your personal brand as the expert or the guru in your industry, you know, from podcasting instead of like all of the things down below, you know, you know, just creating income and all this stuff. Um, Yeah. Like, you know, a good line might be, you know, become the most recognized voice in your industry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's an identity thing, right? right? Yep. As opposed to, um, you know, learn how to make $10,000 with your podcast. Yeah. In your your niche, you know, what, what sounds better to me, I'm more attracted to, you know, becoming, you know, becoming the recognized authority in my industry from, you know, from my podcast. Because you intuitively know that if you hit that. Right. Other opportunities are going to open up and follow. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because it's not just tied to one thing. It's not just tied to the the podcast revenue or the podcast advertising or whatever that is. But there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of other things that come along with being the, you know, the guru or the, you know, the, the person of influence in your industry. 
Yep. So you've got to go broader than that. And if you want to charge those higher fees, then you've got to, you've got to learn to go beyond, you know, the tangible benefits, you know, even though those are great, but you got to, you, you know, you got to go well beyond that and talk about like the, you know, how to dominate your your niche, especially if you're in a, you know, if you're in a niche like I am, you know, it's, you know, podcasting can be, it can be like, you know, stomping, you know, it's like a gorilla stomping a mud, you know, you know, stomping in a small little puddle, you know, it's like you own that niche. So, yeah. And that's the thing. That's what people want. They want to be the most recognized person in that, in that niche. right? Right. You know, it's like, um, we were talking the other day about, you know, like being rich and famous or just being rich or just being famous. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, I don't necessarily want to be worldwide famous, but I would love to be famous in my niche. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a quiet famous. Yeah. You know, as, as long as you're not at one of your industry events, like you can go out in public, mm-hmm. have dinner and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like I never want to be the so famous that like, yeah, it's too much pressure without somebody like <laughs> wanting your picture or your autograph right, or whatever. Right. Right. right exactly. Um, that's fine. If I'm at a conference yeah, and they're doing that for three days, right. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But the, but to deal with that every day, no thanks. I don't, no. I don't, I don't yeah. care. I really yeah. don't care how much money is, is tied to that. that Absolutely. That would, as an introvert, that would just kill me. <laughs> like I just, yeah, I that sounds like, like, yeah, that sounds like torture, man. Yeah, my yeah. Uber Eats bill would get real expensive <laughs> at that point. Because I would not leave the house. But yeah, every now and then when you can use that oh, yeah. to your advantage and go to industry events that yes. are, you know, few and far between, but when you show up, you know, you've got the uh, gravitas, you know, from that, you know, from that podcast or from that, you know, the the media that you've created around that. Um, so, you know, that's what you should be targeting. You know, it's it's always using the, you know, I love the idea of always using the element of being more than, you know, creating uh, creating a character beyond who you are, you know, it goes by, you know, Ben Settle talks about this a lot where he talks about, you know, cause he's always a big comic book guy and he references, you know, the old, you know, the Batman and, you know, creating that persona. And we've talked about this a number of times, Sean, but, you know, creating that persona through, you know, through this to create that marketability beyond that. So, yeah. and I think that if you're selling like coaching, or podcasting, you know, any kind of business development, you should be, you should be selling that whole creating identity beyond who you are, right? You know, in your niche, you know, not so much that, like you said, that it creates, you know, you don't want to be that person that's world famous, but if you're famous in your niche, you know, that's an, that's a different thing. Yeah, for sure. I think it's much more, uh, it's easier to deal with long-term for sure yeah as well so yep all right anything else you want to cover in there i mean there's tons of stuff i would recommend people go check out on facebook nothing held back yeah um if you're kind of in this world you probably know somebody that's in the group you might mm-hmm. need to get an invite i'm not sure um if you just can't find somebody to invite you hit us up what's our email jonathan uh persuasion by the pint at gmail.com 
There you go. Let us know. We'll get you an invite. Yes. Uh, drop your, whatever your Facebook email is in there and we'll, right. um, we'll, we'll hook you up. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's a really good stuff. There's no, don't go in there though, just cause you want to spam people or whatever. You'll, <laughs> you will not last long. These are savvy people Ser- who know serious what's people. going on. Yeah, um, exactly. But there's some, definitely some really good, right. Good stuff. Good conversations in there. And every once in a while they do, they, they do have job boards and things in there every once in a while. Yeah. Um, you know, where people ask for people. So it's a good place to network and things like that. But yeah, just really good information. We'll post a, can we post a link to it on the show page? We can do that, right? Yeah. Okay. And we'll show, we'll post a link to this book. If you don't have it, you need to go out and grab it. Testing advertises, advertising methods, John Capel's. Um, I'm on my second pint of, uh, 10% of whatever this thing <laughs> is I'm drinking. So yeah, yeah. Time to wrap up. <laughs> it's time to go, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, good stuff. Good show. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a wrap, Sean. Yeah. We've got, um, I think, yeah, we've got a guest next week. Oh, told sweet. Jonathan, but awesome. Now he knows. Um, yeah, so he's actually an old copywriting friend of mine. Um, okay. He talks a lot about like client expectations and working with clients and things like that. So we're going to be kind of going into that direction. Okay. Um, about working with clients. So really good for freelancers, things like that. It'll be a good episode. Cool. Uh, his name is Tom. So we'll, uh, we'll get that All set right. up and he'll be on the show next week. And then I've got another um, person who books um, speakers. Okay. So she has a speaker booking agency and she may be on in the next couple of weeks. We'll figure out a time. Okay. She can be on, but that, that'll be another kind of fun one. Um, Perfect. Tell us us what's going on. Cause if you can ever get on a stage, talk about power and persuasion, right? It's a great place to do it. So we'll, we'll talk more about that and what the market look like. What does that even look like now? You know, post COVID like, yeah. And the changes she's seen in the industry. We had a good talk um, this week. I, I met her on a zoom call and we had a really good talk about kind of where the industry's going and the challenges and Ooh, all the different things. So right. um, it's definitely changing. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting to see how all of these people that, you know, you know, pre COVID, you know, had to kind of adjust, you know, their whole format. Yeah. And and she said this, the speaking circuit is definitely back, um, but it has changed. Right. And I won't give it away, but it's definitely changed. Yeah. Interesting. We'll we'll talk about that in the next few weeks. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, you can find us as always at uh, persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast uh platforms wherever you find your podcast stitcher radio iheart spotify and of course please feel free to leave us a good review while you're there five star <laughs> like we prefer to leave our beers but not all i mean we can't we you know no. we're, we try to be honest reviewers here on the show and so those are few and far between but uh we would definitely love to have uh your reviews thank you so much and uh sean we'll see you guys uh next week on episode where are we at now three i think we're at uh three this is 320 yeah 321 next 321 awesome see you guys next week see you